Welcome to this week's edition of Leading with Confidence. My name is Confidence Seleme and I'm your host. This program is proudly powered by the William Seleme Foundation and the Foundation's mission is enabling education in Africa. This week, I'd like us to talk on a topic I've titled Ways of Motivating Your Team. It is true that without sufficient irrigation, crops will not flourish. If you do not sufficiently motivate, upskill, develop, reward, and encourage those that you lead, it's unlikely that they'll become the best versions of themselves. There are so many people who are demotivated by their jobs and the overall organizational cultures of their places of work. Of course, there's a myriad of reasons as to why this is the case, but ever so often, it's because there is little or no motivation from their leaders. They feel like crops that are being starved of water. The irrigation systems in their organizations are faulty and it's affecting crop growth and production. When a leader is able to inspire and motivate their people, it positively impacts the organizational culture. And when the organizational culture is positive, people have a higher desire to go to work and deliver at their level best. Let's discuss some irrigation systems. What irrigation systems do you have in place in your organization? Is it effective in encouraging crop growth or is it lacking and found wanting? It's important that an irrigation system not only be sufficient, it should also be efficient. When something is sufficient, it is just enough to get the job done. But when it's efficient, it is effective in obtaining maximum results. An efficient irrigation system within organizations should have three primary components to it. And these are financial irrigation, emotional irrigation, and educational irrigation. When implemented, this can result in excellent crop growth and eventually lead to a great harvest. Many times we desire to attract the cream of the crop in terms of talent, but we should make it our mission to grow the cream of the crop and one of the main ways is by implementing an effective irrigation system. Let's discuss financial irrigation. Money is able to provide a solution to many of the problems that people have. Go to any organization and you'll find that shortage of money is the cause to many of the anxieties and stresses. You'll find parents who are worried about how they are going to pay for their children's tertiary education. You'll find youngsters who are thinking about how they're going to pay for that new car they want. You'll have people who have more months than they do money and who are in debt. When you are able to alleviate some of the financial pressures that your people are facing, you'll find a lot of favor with them and you'll motivate them to bring their best to the fore. Financial incentives such as annual bonuses, spot bonuses, raises and so forth can go a long way in irrigating your people. When you know that there is a reward at the end of your effort, you are likely to put in more effort. However, this requires wisdom and a sound financial strategy. It should not financially cripple the organization. These incentives should not sink the boat financially, but rather they should propel the sailors to increase input so that output is positively impacted. The thinking or rationale is that Higher productivity results in higher sales and income, and so the financial incentives should emanate from these higher sales and income. It's a results and rewards system. The rewards stem from the results. 
It sounds quite basic and straightforward, but there are many organizations who do not allow money to flow to the ground level of their organizations. When income and profits increase, you find that it's only the executives that are reaping their rewards through excessive bonuses and inflated increases. This often creates tension and a them versus us mentality where there is a rift created within the organization between those at the top and those in the middle and the bottom. Do you have a financial irrigation system in place in your organization? Remember that if you give, you shall receive. Too many leaders are preoccupied with receiving from those they lead. They want those they lead to give them their time, their talent, their sweat and so forth, but their hearts are not geared to give as much as they want to receive. The farmer who sows much shall reap much. Let's talk about emotional irrigation. There are some organizations that feel emotionally dead. When you interact with them, there seems to be a dryness and lifelessness that is thoroughly draining. Their offices feel like morgues and their people like corpses awaiting funeral dates. Okay, most of them aren't as bad as this picture paints. But there are many organizations where there is such a deep lack of motivation that the organization seems to be in a perpetual drought. Where there is a drought, there is very little life and joy. As people, we are wired with certain emotions. Our skeletal emotional structures comprise of too many emotions and these are happiness and sadness. These two emotions have varying degrees, expressions and levels to them. For instance, the emotions of joy, peace and fulfillment are greater degrees or deeper levels of happiness. Laughter, smiling and so forth can be viewed as expressions of happiness. Depression, hopelessness and despair are greater degrees of sadness whereas sobbing, frowning and so forth can be viewed as expressions of sadness. Certain places and people tend to evoke either of the two emotions in varying degrees. In dry, lifeless environments where there is little or no emotional irrigation, the emotion evoked is that of sadness or perhaps a variant or expression of sadness such as frustration. What is the dominant emotion in your organization? Are people happy to be working there or is it a melancholic atmosphere? Granted, people are likely to experience one emotion at one point and another emotion at a different point perhaps because of certain events that may evoke certain emotions. For instance, if it is announced that there will be retrenchments, people are likely to be on edge and there will be sadness and frustration. If it is announced that more people will be hired to ease the heavy workload, there may be some relief and cheerfulness. We're not talking here of the feelings brought about by isolated events and instances. We're talking about the constant pervading emotion within your organization. This is the general emotion that sets the tone for the attitude within the organization. Do you have an emotional irrigation system in place to cater to and create a positive emotional environment? Emotional irrigation grows the happiness levels of your team. And when your people are happier, they will put more energy into their work and everyone will benefit. When your place of work brings you a sense of excitement and happiness, you look forward to going there and you are likely to spend more time there. So, how do you go about implementing an emotional irrigation system in your organization? It's worthy to know that all irrigation systems will create an emotional response, whether it's 
the financial irrigation we discussed in the previous section or the educational irrigation we are going to discuss in the section to follow. Emotional irrigation focuses on the things that are done within the organization to create emotional upliftment and impact the atmosphere and the organizational culture positively. The slight dichotomy here is that emotional upliftment impacts organizational culture, but organizational culture is what helps to create emotional upliftment. So the best approach to creating emotional upliftment is to focus on creating a positive organizational culture. I'd like to suggest two systems from which you can draw water to irrigate your people emotionally and foster a positive organizational culture. These systems are called gratitude and celebration. You must endeavor to create a culture of gratitude in your organization if you wish to uplift your people emotionally. Gratitude has the effect of warming people's hearts and makes them feel appreciated. When people feel appreciated, their happiness levels increase. In terms of actioning this, you can send weekly thank you emails where you publicly thank people for specific things they've done in that week. Perhaps someone delivered beyond expectations with a particular line, or they did something to put out a fire and ease tensions with a stakeholder. Whatever it is, put your ear to the ground, know what's happening and publicly thank your people for the good work they're doing. As you implement this, you'll also be encouraging others to go the extra mile and your people will begin giving more because they will feel that their endeavors are being noticed, recognized and appreciated. You can call it Hero of the Week or something more creative. This is merely one suggestion that should get you going. You can also start interesting interactive office initiatives such as Thank You Thursdays where people gather for lunch every Thursdays and team members thank other team members for things they've helped them with within the week. An initiative like that can certainly help propel a culture of gratitude in the organization. Fostering a celebratory culture is also important for the emotional upliftment of those you lead. As people, we love to celebrate. Celebration evokes positive emotions of enthusiasm, excitement and pleasure. Oftentimes, we wait for great occasions or great things to happen before we do anything celebratory. Rather than waiting for a special occasion before you celebrate, why not celebrate and turn any day into a special occasion? If you put your mind to it, you'll find tens and hundreds of reasons to celebrate. All you have to do is find one or two a week and do something that signifies celebration. It could be a mini office party or it could be an office raffle where someone wins a spot prize. Be creative. Celebration breeds happiness and inspires and fosters a positive organizational culture. Now let's discuss educational irrigation. Educational irrigation speaks of training initiatives that are geared towards growing the on-the-job skills of those you lead. It is programs, classes, courses, and so forth that you organize and implement within an organization in order to up the skills levels of the people that you are leading. This is the professional development we discussed briefly in one of the earlier sections. When you invest in such initiatives, you are raising the standard and quality of your people's output. When a person's skill levels increase, they become more efficient and more proficient in their work. What may have previously taken them three hours to complete 
now takes them only an hour. When previously they produced average work, the training and upskilling can elevate the quality of their work to a higher standard. If you want your people to grow professionally and to produce the quality they are capable of producing, irrigate them with the irrigate them with the education they need in order to succeed. But how do you know what kind of education is most suitable for the various individuals or groups? How do you know which course you should enroll them in? There's a simple method called ORA, which is sometimes used in some developmental programs. ORA stands for Observation, Reflection, and Action. You must start the process with observation. This means studying and evaluating what the strengths and weaknesses of the individuals or groups are. It's important that this be done in collaboration with the said individual or group. Once observation has taken place and areas that need development are identified, the reflection must take place. Reflection involves discussions about instances where the individual or group has, because of identified weaknesses, come short in terms of delivering expected results. This is often not easy because nobody likes having their mistakes or shortcomings put under a microscope. Nonetheless, a process must happen if improvements are to take place. When proper reflection takes place, then proper detection and diagnosis will be the result. Once you've gone through the reflection phase, you can proceed to the action phase. This is where you decide what steps or actions will be taken to buffer your people. Perhaps one of the areas of weakness identified is an inability to keep up with new technological trends and advancements within your industry. And as a result, they are not producing at their maximum. If, for instance, you operate in the marketing space, the action to take may be enrolling them in a digital marketing course so that they can gain the knowledge they need to develop their skills in that particular sphere. Remember the words of Robert Townsend who said, A leader is not an administrator who loves to run others, but someone who carries water for his people so that they can get on with their jobs. Close quote. When a leader is an irrigator, they help those they lead to experience true growth. It's important that you don't just irrigate, but you also maintain. I remember when my wife and I bought a home and in the garden, the developers had put some lawn. Although they had done a decent job in laying it out, you could still see the divides and it was clear that the lawn hadn't quite grafted with the soil. There was some work to be done if the garden was going to look the way we wanted it to look. A few months down the line, the lawn was in its worst shape. Much of the green had dissipated and there was more soil than grass. I had been watering it irregularly and wasn't taking care of it and this was evident through its appearance. I had to get serious if I was going to revive it and unveil its true potential. The first step I took was to get advice from one of the men who maintained the communal gardens within the estate. He advised that he should come with the rake and begin raising the dead lawn. After that, he advised that I should buy some topsoil and fertilizer and also that I should maintain it by irrigating it regularly. Looking at the state it was in, I wasn't sure whether it would ever look the way I wanted it to look. On one of the evenings around that time, I had a dream about that lawn and in the dream I saw it looking healthy, green and very lush. I went and bought the soil and fertilizer 
and I began watering it on a regular basis. It began responding. It regained the life it had lost, and in just two and a half months, it looked the way I had seen it in my dream. I now understood the importance of maintaining it, and so I decided that I would not neglect it again. As a leader, you need to irrigate your people on a regular basis if you want to see continued results. You can't just do it once at the monthly staff meeting. It has to become an integral part of your leadership style and demeanor. Don't just irrigate, maintain. Well, we've come to the end of this week's edition of Leading with Confidence. Thank you so much for tuning in. Cheers.